We have a dream. We have a voice. This is the Anchor Nation. The Anchor Nation. The Anchor Nation. The Anchor Nation. Hi, I'm your host, Kevin Touch, and we are the, the Anchor, Anchor Nation. Nation. Hello, Anchor Nation. This is Kevin Touch, the host of Anchor Nation Community Radio, and we're back with another episode of the Anchor Nation Podcast, episode 79, with Russell Jackson. And just a little disclosure here. I got my first race car driver. It, it, this was a humbling experience for me to know that a young man is trying to make into the racing field something I'm, I that's dear to my heart. And Russ is a great kid. I mean, honestly, he does the right things the right time. He's number two in his class as far as class rank. I mean, just a stud overall. And his racing career is only going to get better. He talks about dad, wise beyond his years, I'll be honest with you. One of these young kids who just gets it. He gets life and gets the racing scene. Monday Motivationals he talks about. Just just a lot of great nuggets here. And I guess, I, I hope you guys enjoy because this will be a really great episode. Keep it locked. Hello, Anchor Nation. This is Kevin Touch, the host of Anchor Nation Community Radio. And we're back with another episode of Anchor Nation Podcast. Episode 79 with Russell Jackson. And without further ado, we'll let Russell introduce himself. Hey guys, yes, as he said, I'm Russell Jackson. I reside in Conway, Arkansas, and I am a semi-pro race car driver. I drive the number 17R Team Woody's Micro Sprint. We do most of our racing at I-30 Speedway in Benton, Arkansas, and we plan to drive up to West Memphis this weekend and race at Riverside. Awesome, Russ. Can't wait to get into the interview a little bit about your story. And for question one, what is your message on social media you put out to the world? Social media has become really important to me over the last year. We, uh, I invested in a marketing program to learn more about that side of racing and what it means when you partner with companies and, right. and how it works. And that was through a lady named Anna Marie Strawhand and she really emphasized social media and how you can reach audiences all over the world through that. And I have kind of, she helped me start my motivational Mondays that many of you have seen. And I kind of just like to give a message that we're all, we're all stronger than we think. We all have more potential than we think. And if you set your mind to things, you have a lot better chance of accomplishing them. That's awesome, man. Definitely the motivational Mondays, especially on a Monday when you're trying to get up do whatever you got to do. It's important to get that extra motivation for sure. And I guess the follow-up question would be, how's, how's just the company side and, and learning that side of racing helped impact you being more professional? Yeah, that's, uh, that's something that there's people that never understand. And I, uh, I just remember the first time I was talking to sponsors and stuff, I just thought you throw a sticker on the side of the car and you're good to go. They hand you a check. Woohoo. You're good. But that's really not even close to how it works. And mm-hmm. I've learned how you make videos and and can get them out there, do drives. Like we did a drive for Hurricane Harvey last year, and that just draws attention to the page as well as my partners. And uh, I really enjoyed kind of meeting new people and, and learning about their business. And, and it's really about relationships is, is mm-hmm. one thing. I have found and sometimes the, your businesses may not be the perfect fit, but 
if if you build a relationship with people and and work things out, you can make that fit work and and really benefit you both through a partnership. For sure, I think it works both ways. Definitely, partnerships. It's uh, about the sponsor, of course, and they're funding, but at the same time, giving and respecting them back and and using that side to your advantage by helping their partner and your partner will uh, invest in your career down the road for sure. And for question two, what is the backstory on how you fell in love with racing and the sport? Well, racing is uh, it's kind of thing that's been in my family for quite a long time my grandfather did some racing when it was kind of just a startup thing and they just knocked the windows out of cars and took them to the racetrack and then my dad when he was kind of end of high school college age he bought a Pontiac Le Mans I think it was and stripped it down and ran it some and then he had the opportunity to go do road racing with the IMSA series and wow. traveled the world doing that for about 12 years. And had, he was a tire changer and had a, something to do on every part of the car. He touched it all. And he has a lot of stories about that. And I really just loved hearing about that. And then for eight years after he did that, he was at GRT, which is Garrison racing team and built late model chassis and, helped to get their program where they were building 300 cars a year and and kept them at the front of that. And then he decided to leave there but and got out of racing for about 10 years. And in that time, my grandfather was taking me and my brother to Texas Motor Speedway down in Dallas-Fort Worth area. Mm-hmm. And we just kind of fell in love with racing through that. We'd go three times a year, check out of school, go in the summer. We just – absolutely were loving it and it was one day on the radio i heard something about like an amateur deal that had legends cars which is asphalt and so i researched those and looked at those and looked at those for months and was just looking at all these different options that i had never thought about and i started asking my dad and asking my dad and asking my dad i said i really want to do these and then he finally we started going to the races at i30 and we'd go in the pits and talk to drivers and look at cars and I saw Micros friends and I was like that's that's really what I want to do that those are cool those are fun and then there were some other cars around and I I just bought a fire suit and helmet and stuff on my own and uh we I was waiting on just a car to come around I didn't know how I was going to get that because I was about 11, 11 or 12 at the time right and for Christmas that year, the same grandfather that had been taking me to the races, he bought me a mini stock and trailer and everything and started racing that. Our first three outings, we blew motors, and so I got really good at the mechanical side of stuff. And I, uh, I, I, the last time we blew a motor, I pulled it in 40 minutes by myself. I mean, I was where <laughs> I was really fast at that kind of stuff. And we got that car where it was competitive and we were leading races and top fives, top threes. And we ended up having a decent points run in that. And then I decided I wanted to finally make the jump to mini sprints and we ended up rookie in the year and third in points our first year in that. And I don't think we had any DNF. We hadn't had a single DNF from a part failure other than a motor. And then, the next year, we were still in the same car that I had bought for that first year, and we were in second points. And then 
Um, Team Woody's race cars is owned, who's owned by Heath Ross. He contacted me and he had seen my motivational Mondays and wanted to get me in a newer car. And we talked and we worked on a deal and I picked that car up in February of this year. And we've had some really consistent runs and we finally got a better motor put together and tuned. And we're looking forward to how that's going to perform in the next races. Yeah, I think I think the great backstory is you started young. I think most of that racing line you hear about these stories are starting at seven years old, even because you got to start young, just gain that experience, build it up, and then when you had your your grandfather and your dad travel the world in a sense from IMSA, that's just all. It's already in your blood, and once it's in your bloodline, you just fall in love with it quicker. I understand that for sure. Yes, definitely. And for question three. How has being also a student while racing helped you keep focus on life and just the task ahead? Well, not only racing, but sports and in the classroom. I, my goal in life and in everything is to, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing right. So I give 100% to everything I do. And, and the more I sign up for, the busier it keeps me. And, and that really, sometimes they can interfere, but my dad... Right preached to us that school is your job school comes first and and that's helped me to rise to the top of my class and and hopefully I'll be one of the top two when we graduate here next year and that's I've really been able to keep my focus on that and I've been blessed with with a pretty good knowledge base and and parents that have instilled hard work and values in me and then on the racing side we he always stresses as well that you need to be on it in the shop and that's really where you win races and where you get consistent finishes. And that's really been proven in the six years we've been racing. We've had one DNF from a part failure Wow, that, that takes a lot of time in the shop and nothing bolting parts and checking all the little things and replacing things when they start to get a little war and, and that's really they. It all goes back and forth. That dedication to what you're doing it will give you that extra little bit that can make you rise to the top. Yeah, but, I mean that's incredible. First off, to finish just one DNF, probably around ninety-seven percent of your races, you you're at the finish of the checkered flag or somewhere top ten. That, that's incredible. And then back to the school side. Yeah, I think. I like how you say just keeping busy. I think I think keeping busy and focusing on academics is the good way to go because in reality, sometimes you let those slip. That can just affect your overall on both sides. And I think if you can just keep that, maintain that, and like you said, graduate next year in top two, that's an achievement on you, man. And I think if you continue that and stay busy as you get, progress later in life, you can handle more things on your plate as you get older too. Yeah, I completely agree. It uh, It all builds and – will eventually make us better in the long run. For sure, for sure. Speaking of that racing team, how did, question four, how does your RJR team handle a race weekend with repairs and fixes to the sprint car? Well, the uh, RJR team is pretty small. It's just me and my dad right now. That's what we can afford to do. So I, uh, me and my father, we do every all the work at the track and, he typically does fueling and tire pressures, and I decide what we want to do on setup changes. And I kind of paying for all my own stuff and funding my own team. I have to make sure and keep the car out of trouble, make smart decisions, be passive aggressive, and right. that can really help us get through a weekend unscathed. And 
the less you tear up, the easier it is to do the maintenance, of course. Yeah, and that's the key. I think I think making those smart decisions at the track and making those smart decisions in the actual cards. It's interesting because sometimes you hear being aggressive is great and early, but you have to just know the difference between aggression and then the, the funding side because it's just a small team of you and your dad. And my and my follow up question would have been how is just how does the, the team chemistry with you and your dad, how's the team chemistry while on a race weekend? Well, we've uh, bonded very well in our time in the shop and then our time at the track, and I can pretty much tell him what I'm feeling, and we can give some suggestions to each other, bounce ideas off each other, and I'll make a suggestion, and he'll typically say, that's worth a shot, that's a, a good thought, and we bounce ideas off of Heath as well. He's very good tech support when we're at the track and have questions, and he can usually get me steered in the right direction, give me a few ideas, and then I can bounce those off dad, and we can typically end up with a pretty solid race car by the end of the night. There you go. And I think that's the key, just finding that team chemistry and the right balance point will definitely get you far. And speaking of those races, what is your pre-race routine before a big race for question five? I pretty much approach every race the same. There's really um, no point in – hyping yourself up because the more you hype yourself up for anything that's supposedly special typically my results have been that you do worse because you just you've treated it differently and your your mind and mental game is not how it should be and I've seen it in other racers as well as myself that the mental game is just as important as your shot prep because if you're not in the right mind you're not going to do well and I just approach them all the same we leave the house about every day every race day at the same time and we try to just be on top of things and and just treat every race the same and you'll never have any difference in outcome is the hope in that that's that's a good routine i think it's important just to keep that low-key status of just do your thing status quo get to the get to the shop get to the the track hop in the car and and just race and i think that's important if you keep that low-key mentality you won't get overhyped and you won't get underhyped in a sense and have that same mindset and do well. There you go. Exactly. And for question six, what is the training like behind the scenes before you strap into the race car? Just what's the physical approach you have to do just to stay in shape? Well, with all the sports I play, I play football and basketball now and some soccer and have done some track and some field events and Things like that, I really emphasize the weight room, and that keeps me in the physical shape needed. And sometimes endurance plays into the bigger races, and the more you race, the better you are on some of that endurance stuff because it uses muscles that you wouldn't even think about working out sometimes, like forearms, just like they burn after a certain amount of laps if you haven't been in the race car enough, especially at the beginning of the season. And I just – make sure I'm in shape. And last year before the season, I had lost a bunch of weight, tried to get the car weight down. And that helped us out quite a bit at the beginning. But of course with football, I had to put some of that weight back on and, and we're a little heavier this year, but I'll lose it again when football's over. <laughs> we'll be back at it. So sometimes the different sports can hurt each other in certain areas, but definitely being able to be in the weight room and constantly doing something athletic keeps my body in the physical shape that it needs to be in so that I can be as good as possible when I'm out there on the track. That's that's for sure. I think definitely with the the physique of the race car, the physique of yourself with the four or five sports you play, it gives you that extra 
extra motivation to not only do well, but just manage. I think micromanaging each sport and knowing your body and training to the best of your ability, it'll give you more of that sense that, hey, when I strap in, whether it be the next race or any race, you'll have that physical capability to last, even in those endurance races. So that's important. Yeah, for sure. And for question seven, how has your family supported you through the journey? I know it's been very big. Well, uh, my family's been very important throughout my racing career because obviously my grandfather was the one that bought the car and helped me get started. And then my grandfather on my mother's side, she, or he, sorry, he has helped with a few parts whenever I am a little short on upgrade. He's helped on a few parts every now and then, and that just gives us a little bit more of an edge every now and then. And they help to motivate me for sure. And my dad always drives us to the track and my mom's on the other side videotaping and giving me feedback that I can look at throughout the week and look at different corners and say, wow, I should have done this here, should have done this here. And and they both, and my dad even films on the pit side so I can use both of them to figure out lap times and, and right. see where I'm struggling and make adjustments to my driving mm-hmm. and, and in turn, hopefully get faster and faster. And, and then my brother doesn't have a huge part in it, but he definitely supports what I do. And I do really appreciate everything that they do for me. No, that's, that's important that your dad and your mom and even your brother did are supportive of what you're doing. And then back to what you're saying, I think it's important that, the, that they give you the opportunity and they still give you that film work, give you the study of the tape and, you can see what's right, what's wrong, what's cornering, what's good in acceleration off the corner. And you find all that stuff for the next race, you would hope to improve and, and just do the right thing so you keep the equipment stable and make sure you just don't have any fatigue. And, and they're just there for you overall for unconditional love. That's good to hear, man. Yeah, and, and my dad's racing experience in the past definitely helps our team and mechanics because – just for instance, even last night we were talking about putting parts together and stuff, and he can use principles that they use on the road race team. Like with bolts, you should never put a bolt that's not oiled or loctited or you. And so that just that's just a principle that's helpful, and he remembers things like that and has experience with tuning motors and different right. things like that that all come into play and are helpful in a race night. Yeah, all, all that experience and all that knowledge of the parts, the, the car, the chassis, and all of that, that's going to give you an advantage because he knows with the experience by be, being on bigger teams and bigger cars, it just it just plays into your advantage in these, uh, these sprint cars. And and it should be the way it goes if you keep doing it. You'll definitely get to some well. But for question eight, more of a fun question, if you could race or be mentored by any racing driver in the world, who would it be and why? If we're going with current drivers and based on talent and ability, I it would be hard to decide between Larson and Donnie Shots for me. Yes. But I would probably, just based on success, I would go with uh, Donnie Shots just because of all the experience he has with the World of Outlaws and his just how he's won nine or maybe ten Knoxville Nationals and the same on championship count. And If he shows up at the racetrack, everybody is looking at him and saying he's probably going to be top two, no doubt about it. And If he doesn't win the thing and he's at 250-something wins for the Outlaws and 
I just really respect him and how he does all of his stuff and how he works with Tony Stewart that they can be that consistent and they kind of have the same mentality with the shop work. They didn't have a DNF until they blew a motor up a couple of years ago. That was like their first one in two years. So wow. with a hundred starts a year, I really respect their shop efforts and their, and how they keep their team up to date and working and, and Donnie shots a driving style, of course, too. He hardly ever touches anybody to get around him, and he hardly ever wrecks because he's so careful. And I kind of try to pride myself in that as well and, and being careful on the track. As I said before, with the passive-aggressive, I have about one wreck a year typically, and that's due to others. I try to make sure it's not me that causes those, which can be frustrating, but at the same time, it's also something to be proud of that we can stay out of trouble like that. And and I really respect Donnie Shots for that as well. And I would love to see behind the scenes and how he prepares and get tips from him on the driving and and just see how he goes about what he does. Yeah, when you win nine Knoxville Nationals, when you start winning these big events, partner with Tony, and just really, like you said with Donnie, I think just this driving style and, and how they prepare the race car and their, their equipment base, I think that would be cool if you can get that behind the scene look. And, and it, it could help you, too, in the sense that you can learn from the best and and get the racing tips and some of the ins and outs of the shop and, and make it happen in a sense. And you can apply that if you ever were to get that chance. That would be kind of cool. Yeah, it really would be. And uh, with my self-marketing, I'd – not be opposed to if we get the right connections in the future i'd love to start my own outlaws team and and hanging out with the tony stewart racing and nani shots and that whole bunch it would be really cool to apply some of their principles and how they do things to my team in the future oh yeah definitely with the marketing and the, the power of social media like we talked about in the earlier questions just you never know and keep your open mind and never know when that could happen so the opportunity uh definitely can come knocking but for question, I know you're an aspiring uh, young racer yourself, but what is the message to even the next generation of young racers coming out there? Well, I always preach that the youth are the future of our sport, and if we can't get more kids into it, it'll die out. And there's many people that have preached that as well because it's it's very true. And I my message to the youth is if you have an interest, get out there and, and try it and do something and and look for a class to afford and i i'm living proof that if you work hard enough you can afford your own stuff and you can uh, afford to race it may not be a micro sprint it may not be a full-size sprint it may just be a go-kart but just to get their passion into racing is what it's all about and the more fans that we have from this next generation the better off our sport will be in the future and I just encourage every one of them to get out there and attend races and meet drivers and get autographs. And if they want to race, they can do that too, work hard, get summer jobs and learn all they can. And even if they can't be a driver, there's lots of teams that would love to have them as a mud scraper or, and eventually help them on the car. And it's we may some of us seem like we don't or close it off, but we that's some of the highlights of our night is when kids come up to us and ask for an autograph or, or say that they really look up to us or here or whatever. We really appreciate that, and that's really what makes the sport grow. 
No, for sure. The youth, and I'm glad you said the youth is the, the future because the youth, if they can get involved, it doesn't even have to be racing like you said. It can be media side. It can be anything. Just do with racing with the opportunity it has. They'll feel easier and, and more comfortable, especially at a younger age, to go into something that seems unknown, but they have a passion. And then when they get older, they can start attacking the, the industry. And I think that's great that we start young and, and the drivers who continually support your drivers and support the older people, in a sense, they'll, they'll look up to that one day. That could be them in their shoes. So just starting at a young age and, and getting your foot in the door and trying new things is definitely good on the racing side, just the racing community in general. Yeah, and I saw an article, or it was, maybe it was in Stuart earlier, and he was talking about how we're on this high for young kids right now, and if you're not 17, 18 years old and, like, the best in the world, then you don't have a chance. And and I really agreed with some of his points that we, should, we shouldn't we should neglect some of the older guys that are in this and because they they're the veterans. They know what they're doing. And, right. And a lot of times we just are like, wow, Christopher Bell, wow, Kyle Larson. They're in their 20s and they're absolutely killing it. Well, I mean, there's guys like Donnie Schatz and C.J. Leary and Cody Swanson and then these older guys that are so successful, but they – if if they didn't get in, if they don't get in the younger end, it's they they're just ignored. So it's kind of it's very interesting our current culture in racing, and I would agree with Tony on that that we should definitely some of the older people or even late twenties, which is old in a sense for whatever reason now, right. in the racing world that they need to be looked at more and and really respected for how they can handle a race car. Oh, absolutely. And the veterans, I mean, they were at the young age at one time and they've, they built their way, you know, they built their way from the start, the start, the scratch, the ground up. And once they get to their established career, like Tony, Tony, and these guys, it's like, well, you got to respect their journey. And I think when you look at, they lay the foundation and they've laid the path for young drivers to follow. And, and yes, they does definitely deserve respect. I definitely agree with Tony in the sense that as the veterans continue to get better in a sense and grow with age, they'll start becoming mentors to the younger driver. So it works both ways. Okay. Yeah, I completely agree. That kind of reminds me of the Clawson Marshall racing group and what they're doing with kids. And they have some older drivers and with Zeb wise over there, they're able to have the older guys mentor him. And I've seen his posts about that and how much that has helped his driving and his career and, even saw one night they let him drive one of their cars when he wrecked so that he could get laps and become better. And that, I don't remember what driver that was, but that was very, just a very respectful move by him. And it's cool to see that and how that's helped Zeb's career and, and any other guys that'll get to get in there. And I saw Gio Scalzi got to run chili bowl with them and he did equally as Zeb is doing. And, learned from all those guys and that's just a cool opportunity in a situation like that that's it i think i think finding those opportunities and having those young driver programs with developmental programs it gives you it gives the young racer a chance to really learn and it doesn't have to be the world's greatest driver you're learning from just any experienced driver it doesn't have to be one year it can be five ten years is good enough for them because they'll look up to them and then they can apply those skills too, especially in those big races like Chili Bowl or, or Knoxville one day in the dirt world. Yeah, I completely agree. And for question 10, what are your goals in the next five years? Would it be personally anything you're working on, your racing career, and just anything you want to share? Well, and, uh, as a part of the uh, 
program I did with Anna Marie and her marketing, I we created a vision board, which is kind of like a just has pictures and little words and all stuff that like means things to me and things I'm shooting to accomplish. And I put a ton of goals on it and we growing my social media is a big part of it. And I'd like to in the next five years have my marketing paying for my racing and I'm shooting for valedictorian in high school. And of course that's a one year thing and, getting college fully fully paid for which I think I'm going to be pretty close on that and then winning a championship through racing I've been close with the second and then just more and more sponsors and partnerships are always in the goal I my three-year plan that we've written out has us moving to sprint cars next year I don't know if funding will allow that or not yet but that is truly my plan I know team Woody's is really interested in getting that going because they were wanting to get into the sprint car side of things, but we shall see how that goes. And I'd definitely like to make that move so that I can develop even more as a driver and get my name out there and potentially be more impactful in, in our mission for sure. That's pretty cool, man. That just to go to that sprint car step, take the next step from your regular I-30 speedway into that, into that sprint car world, and then going back to what you said, just being valedictorian, it's awesome, you know, just to get that one-year deal and get college fully paid with Anne-Marie and the marketing side. I think all those things lining up and, and keeping you busy on all fronts with the other sports and the other things going on, I think you'll do well in the next five years in and, and your, and your work ethic. I think your work ethic from your parents and from what you've been doing in the shop, it gives you an advantage heading into those next five years of, well, interesting time in racing and just interesting time in society for sure. Yeah, it should it should definitely be good. I hope to develop as a driver in these next five years and do some more things for others in the community and use big thing with my racing is use it as a platform to help others as we did with our Harvey collection last year and we're able to send a ton of supplies down to Texas through uh, Mount Carmel Baptist Church here in Cabot and help as many people as we can with this platform. So I think I think doing those things too, just being giving back to the community, doing those charitable things, it makes you look good on a resume in the sense that you've done a lot of things and, and it helps your just racing physique as well with both sides of just racing, being a good person, and just giving back at a time when people need it. And I think that's the great thing about not only racing but just societies. When we do have a chance to give back and, and do those minor things, it adds up to something bigger at the end of the day. I completely agree. Yeah, that's exactly right. And for our final question, this is always a fun one. What is one thing I'd tell the Anchor Nation that they may not know about you? And it could be a fun fact. I guess a fun fact is I really enjoy some baking and cooking on occasion. Uh, my grandfather, the same one that did the racing and gave me the car, he uh, got a really good brisket recipe together that works on pork and stuff too. And I enjoy smoking some of those every once in a while and then baking cakes. And that's just kind of a random thing I enjoy doing, but following the instructions and then the final product within a couple hours. And that's just something I enjoy on occasion when I get the time. There you go. Yeah. I think, I think cooking and baking, it's a process too, just like any race shop or race car, just following that process and doing the right things and getting the finished product is a good result. It's always a, Always a good way to just have a good, fun time, relax, and get away from the hustle. I understand. 
That's for sure. That's definitely for sure. I'd like to say thanks to Russell Jackson for coming on the Anchor Nation. Appreciate his time out of his day. But before we go, Russ, you want to DM your social media so people can find you? Yeah, my social medias are at Russell Jackson Racing on Facebook and Instagram, at rjackson underscore racing on Twitter, Russell Jackson Racing on YouTube, and that is all of them. There we go. If you can find Russell Jackson on those channels. And thank you to the Anchor Nation for always giving your undivided attention, not only to myself, but the interview week. Russ, it's been a great time, man. Thank you, my friend. Thank you very much. I really enjoyed this opportunity and just love talking to people that would like to interview. No, no problem, Russ. Thank you. Have a good day. Hi, Anchor Nation. This is Kevin Touch of Anchor Nation Community Radio, and I'd like to say thank you for listening to the Anchor Nation podcast. If you'd like to book an interview or DM me on Instagram, Follow me at The Anchor Nation. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, it is also under The Anchor Nation. Thank you for listening and enjoy.